0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever to get $100 off your ticket.
1: Make sure that whoever you're coalescing with, actually know their stuff. And if they don't, it's okay, but you should know that going in. So you can gauge the amount of effort and work or skill that you need to bring to the table. And if that would basically make it up for that weakness that the person
0: has. Real quick before the episode I want to give you a gift of twenty five percent off and that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening dot create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for twenty five percent off your next screening. Make the Smart Move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move Tenant Screening for 25% off. Here's how SmartMove can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Moves Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion SmartMove, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. What's this today? Ola Dantas. How you doing, Ola?
1: Doing fantastic. Thank you, Joe.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that and a little bit about Ola. He's the founder, CEO of Dwellin.com. He's a multifamily syndicator and has successfully sourced deals of over 40 million buckaroos, based in Baltimore, Maryland. With that being said, Ola, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus?
1: Yes, thank you so much, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Obviously, I'm a big fan of your show, so it's kind of surreal that I'm actually on the show. So my name is Ola. I like to say I was born in Nigeria, lived in the UK, now based in the US. I've been doing estate for a few years now. I'm focusing on multifamily acquisitions, I'm syndicating deals, I'm sharing the profits with other investors. I've done a couple of flip deals as well, based in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm just kind of excited to talk to you. Yeah, Joe.
0: So you've been syndicating deals and you've done flip deals as well. Let's talk about the flip deals first, and then we'll get into the deals that you've participated on the syndication side. What's a specific project that you have
1: flipped Oh, that is such a good question. So we flipped a house here in Baltimore, Maryland. It was a small house. It was just a townhouse, two bedroom, one bath. But the unique thing is with our company dwelling, when we actually do a renovation, we actually strip the whole house down to the studs and obviously put it back together. And for those who know about flipping, that's actually a lot harder than actually building a brand new house on raw land. So you know, for that particular deal, we were lucky enough to buy that. I think it was about seventy-five thousand. Um, we bought it for seventy-five thousand. The idea was to put in another, say, fifty to seventy thousand, and then sell it for two hundred and fifty. So that was our projection. Of course, for anyone that's been doing real estate for a little while, that did not go to plan. That was, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a very interesting project for us, but we were able to sell it. I think we ended up selling it for about two twenty-five, which was not bad, um, but I think it wasn't so much about how much we made or how much we spent. It was just learning a ton about the mechanics of putting together a house um, and just really enjoying that process and dealing with different characters, contractors, right? So that was a good lesson learned for us there. And then obviously we flipped another, but that was the first deal.
0: That was the first one. Where did you net out on that one profit wise
1: profit wise i think we would say probably about 50k so just run about 50k after i said and done
0: over what period of time
1: i would say about four four to five months and if you were given the
0: experience you have today if you had that experience before that first project what are some things that you would do differently
1: well, first and foremost, uh, <laughs> I would say I definitely had the shiny object syndrome. Obviously, our first investment property, my wife and I was buying the duplex. We were house hacking and we were doing tremendously well, actually, with that property. And then obviously I reached out to a fellow called Joe Fellis when I heard him speak on a podcast and obviously yeah. he was mentoring me. So I was starting to get really interested in multifamily syndications, but then I kind of jumped to this flip, right? And we can talk about that in terms of mindset and shiny Object syndrome. So from what I know now, I would definitely not even do the flips at all. Just because it wasn't the best bang for my time. Yes, I learned a lot about putting the house together, but I felt like I could have use that time wisely in looking for multifamily deals, looking for passive investors, trying to grow and build my multi-family syndication business. But flipping did suck a lot of time because I'm kind of a little bit obsessive. So I was there every single day on the site, making sure we were on our project timeline, making sure that we were on budget. So that would obviously take away from looking for multifamily deals and looking for multifamily passive investors. So I wouldn't do it again. To focus more on the project, definitely I would not strip a house down to the studs anymore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Definitely not. I think it was a little bit overkill and we were trying to strive for excellence, which is great. But the reality is when the end buyer comes to buy the house and when they come to look, they don't really... No, or even frankly they're indifferent to the kind of insulation that you used or the fact that the curved shower glass door was custom made they actually don't care about that stuff so obviously we didn't know that and we were buying two thousand dollar custom made shower doors and when the buyer came they didn't even notice it so (laughs) (laughs) not putting a lipstick on a pig but not necessarily going overkill on a project for sure Mm -hmm.
0: The experience you have had in flipping, what aspect of that experience has helped you with multifamily?
1: Oh, that is such a good question. Raising money. There are obviously different ways in which you can raise money, especially in our call it our creative economy now with social media. And I raised some of the money from Instagram, from social media. So I'm now obviously using that medium to reach out to new investors for our multifamily syndication. So I've started to realize that. I can, through creative approaches, raise money using social media. It's not the typical marketing. It's kind of an indirect approach to marketing to get people interested in what you're doing and learning more about you, understanding your story and connecting with that story with the intention, or we call it CTA in the marketing world, with the call to action to actually invest with you. So that was definitely something I could bring across to the multifamily syndication space.
0: And that's because you were putting pictures of your flips on Instagram and gaining traction from an audience.
1: Correct. Correct. And I I actually want to make a really quick point. At the time when I got an investor that reached out to me on Instagram, I think I had about a hundred followers at the time on Instagram on the dwelling page. And on the Facebook page for dwelling, we have about 5,000 and most of them were kind of latent. They weren't very interactive. But then there was this page that only had 100 followers and I got an investor that actually invested, you know, that went through the the process with us. So that was really interesting. What did
0: that conversation sound like when you spoke to the investor and they came across you on Instagram? The very first conversation.
1: Yes. Basically, they come through the funnel, right? they would see one of our posts on Instagram. We basically optimize hashtags. So Instagram allows us to use 30 hashtags. So we use all that. So the person would obviously look at our page and then on our page, he has a link that takes them to our website. And then when they get to our website, within seconds of the user getting to our website, then they get a pop-up and the pop-up gets the email. So when they get the email, obviously we reach out to them pretty quickly and we get on the, a qualifying phone call with them to find out more about what they would like to do with us.
0: Now let's talk about the syndication. So you, I mentioned it because I read it in your bio a multifamily syndicator has successfully sourced deals of over forty million dollars. What does that mean exactly? You've sourced deals of over forty
1: million dollars. Good question. So we actually employ a software dwelling where we basically can reach out to sellers, typically in the state of Texas. We can reach out directly to sellers. And basically speak to sellers and then get a deal, either other contract or get them connected with other syndicators that might want to do business with them. So we found a deal out of Texas. It was a family actually. I called the son, and you know I normally have a, a script to say, "Hey, it's Olaf from Dwelling. We're an equity group and we buy apartments in the state of." texas so we got that deal and then we passed that deal on to another multifamily syndicator in the country and they kind of followed that process so that was one deal and then we kind of do the same thing and um, all the way and so far we've done about 40 million total of those kind of deals
0: on the deal that you were mentioning about how big was it whether unit size or value or purchase price
1: Yes. The very first one was about $18 in total. They had about three assets they were actually looking to dispose just not so long before I called. We didn't end up getting all of those. One of them, I think Knight Frank beat us to it. But the other two were actually passed on to another syndicator that actually on the road and kind of continued that relationship with that family. And it was actually a local investor as well. Who beat you to it? frank yeah it's a broker <laughs> oh got it got it got it
0: okay another broker so 18 million in total was the first but when i say the 40 million source that means that you have had a conversation with the owner and connected the dots between owner and buyer correct 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 so what do you get compensated for that
1: typically if the deal goes all the way to closing what we say is look we obviously are not looking for a windfall. That's not our approach yet at Dwelling, So we basically take our referral fee and kind of reinvest that into the deal. Okay. So yeah, there's also like an, a really interesting deal as well that I found in Texas. And basically the seller didn't really want to sell the deal to us. Because the purchase price they were asking wasn't what we were looking to pay for it. I'm sure you've heard that all over again before. So what we did was we had a relationship with a broker that stayed in Texas. So we just basically just passed that deal to that broker and he then put it on his website. It's actually on his website right now. So if he does sell it at the price that the seller wants, which I think was like 5.1 million, then we get a, a cut off of that deal. Typically 1% to 2% referral fee.
0: Okay, cool. And 1% to 2% of the purchase price? Correct. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. So how many deals are you in as a result of finding the deal through the software that I'm going to ask you about in a little bit? One so far. So that's where we're at.
1: We're just open to perhaps closing another one in the coming months, hopefully.
0: Awesome. And how large is that deal that you're in?
1: This is actually the one that I posted on Facebook. I think you saw it as well. This is one where it's a court building and a police station in the UK. Oh, okay.
0: So for the Texas ones, have you received any referral fees from those or they're still pending?
1: They're still pending. Correct. They're, just, they're, they're
0: still pending, pending, but then right. you did it in the UK. It took a right turn on me when I asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> so now- from Texas to the UK, two yes. very similar areas in culture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now we're in the UK. Yes. I know you've lived there. What are the circumstances where now you're in a deal that you said a court in a police station?
1: Right. They're literally right beside each other. Okay.
0: How'd you get into that deal?
1: Basically, we actually still do deals in the UK. This is not the first deal that we closed in the UK. We, we have a sister company called Rubert in the uk i'm a really good friend of mine i wish i told that story that's actually how i got into real estate actually i went to meet him in dubai i think i've told that on, on different other podcasts so he has his own firm and basically we kind of partner on deals and we basically we've been going back and forth he's a government buddy in the in the uk And we've been going back and forth on that deal. And we closed, I think it took about six months just to close. It was different issues that we're having with the government, but we did get that deal. So we're going to be converting the court building into an event center and the police station into a co-working space. And as you'd imagine, um, we're we're getting really creative with what we're going to do with the jail cells and what we're going to be doing to those if we're going to remove them or keep them for the co-working space. So that's kind of what we're working on right now. What
0: type of ownership do you have in that deal and how do you structure the partnership?
1: So the partnership between me and my partner is 50-50. So of that 50-50, we have 20% of that on the GP side. So we obviously syndicated that deal and raised obviously 80% of the equity towards that deal. And how much was that? We raised about 1.1 million pounds, not to be mistaken
0: with dollars. Sure. How much of that did you raise from your network? So
1: for my network, uh, about 250. Mm-hmm. How did you meet those people that you raised the 250 pounds from? Just family and friends, people that we know from the UK coming together and raising funds. It's a little bit easier to kind of raise money where you've lived a long time. So you're just kind of reaching out to family and friends and just sending them the investment packet and just kind of raising funds. And that wasn't as um, difficult as we thought, actually.
0: You talked about, You have a software that you reach out to owners directly. Is that a software that you have purchased or is that something that you created?
1: It's basically a software that we've purchased. So we just basically use that software in conjunction with scrubbing the list, making sure that it's the right owners that we're reaching out to.
0: Okay, cool. So it's a software like Yardy or CoStar or something. You take it a step further and scrub the list and then do the outreach and try
1: to make that connection. Correct. If we don't make that connection, then we'll go out and send mailers to those specific sellers as well. A sophisticated letter.
0: How many conversations have you had from sellers
1: as a result of your outreach? Oh, that is such a good question. I think at last count, we're over actual conversations with owners just over 200. But total calls, I think we're in the thousands. <laughs> Most uh-huh. of the calls are voicemails and trying to get past really savvy receptionist gatekeepers.
0: Uh-huh. Right. And how do you get past a really savvy gatekeeper?
1: It's just the same script. We tell them we're very transparent. We would like to speak to sometimes the founder or CEO of a company or the vice president of acquisition or disposition. If they have some bigger firms in Texas, we'd actually have an asset disposition team. So we try to get to someone on that team if we can. If not, if we can't get past that gatekeeper, then we continue our scrubbing. LinkedIn, try to find the owners and try to reach out to them on LinkedIn. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of steps, but it works for us. And who's us? It's basically me. I've got a guy in Houston, Texas that actually helps me to scrub out the list and he makes some calls as well.
0: And when you say scrub out a list from CoStar, what are you scrubbing for?
1: Most times you would get numbers that you would assume that would be the number directly to the person, but it would just be either a previous number that that doesn't work or it would be a number to a receptionist. So what we're trying to do is get the actual person's cell. That's what we care about to get closer as much as we can to that person. So we'll take out numbers that aren't working. We'll take out emails that doesn't match the firm of the company. If we know the firm's name. So that's kind of what we're looking for. So when we get to actually executing the list, we know that we're as accurate as we can get. Okay. And how do you find the cell phone numbers? White pages. It's pretty accurate for the most part.
0: Cool. And how much is that?
1: Do you know? It's not that much. There's different tiers. I think it's like twenty a month. So we have different tiers that we pay for. Based on your experience,
0: what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: Oh man. I would just say try to focus on one thing and one niche as much as you can, but as quickly as you can, meaning if you've given yourself a year or two in a particular niche or particular asset class and it's not really working for you, maybe a year or two might be a good place to say, hey, this isn't working. Can I just pivot into something else? Can I try something different? Can I reach out to a mentor or somebody that can help me with this particular niche or asset class that I'm working at?
0: We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin' Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at com forward slash show. That's dot com forward slash show. Best ever book you've recently
1: read? Oh, man. Oh, man. As a Man Think It, James Allen.
0: What's the best ever deal you've done?
1: Oh, the best ever deal I've done is actually my very, 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 very first deal. My first duplex.
0: What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Trusting partners. How do you protect against trusting partners? <laughs> <laughs> you got to trust partners, I imagine, eventually. So what do you do to mitigate the risk of whatever happened not happening again?
1: Great question. I, so I read this book by Ray Dalio, Principal and he talked about you should actually have a believability factor and what that really means is if someone has done something more than three times for the most part it means that they actually have some kind of strength or skill so when i talked about partnerships is your partners can actually make or break you as you know so partnerships are extremely important especially in the syndication space so you have to make sure that wherever you're coalescing with actually know their stuff. And if they don't, it's okay, but you should know that going in so you can gauge the amount of effort and work or skill that you need to bring to the table. And if that would basically make it up for that weakness that the person has, as opposed to going in blind. Best ever way you like to give back? So we have something called the One House Pledge on the dwelling website, imdwelling.com. Our goal is to try to give a house to a family every year and yes this has been a really big challenge for us but we're still working hard to make that happen here in Baltimore
0: how can the best ever listeners learn more
1: about what you're doing so best place is invest with OLA so that's invest with com, or just go to our website dwelling.com d-w-e-l-l-y-n-n.com
0: thank you for talking about the approach that you're taking to find multifamily owners directly using costar scrubbing the list using white pages to find cell phone numbers and reaching out to owners even on linkedin if needed having those conversations and you've got some deals pending as well as one that has taken place across the pond so thank you for talking about that lessons learned on the fix and flip stuff hope you have the best every day, ola we'll talk to you again soon
1: thank you so much i appreciate it
0: are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom the Dwellen Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at com forward slash show. That's dwe com forward slash show.